So number two that we want to talk about here today is the idea that um, when pain and evil and suffering, especially what seems unjust, occurs, God is sometimes preventing a greater suffering in our lives by allowing a death or a loss to occur. We can see that when God is at work in such a way that we would at first think, God, why did this happen? Why have you allowed this to take place? But we can't always see ahead what it is that God sees. I want you to remember, dear friend, that God knows the end from the beginning. He is witnessing and recognizing what it is that would take place in your life if something didn't stop that from happening. The simplest analogy that I can give you in this is what a parent does with a child. The uh, don't touch that, it's hot, don't touch that, it's hot, don't touch that, it's hot, gets to a point where if the child is about to be burned, what do you do? You may pull the hand back quickly in such a way that frightens the child and the child gets upset and angry with you because you've caused them to be upset or you have frustrated them or perhaps you even caused them, dare I say it, some pain in order to do what? Prevent them from being burned. And we can look at this in so many different ways. But the idea is that God does some, at some times work in our lives, allowing a pain in order to prevent a greater pain, allowing a suffering in order to prevent a greater suffering. There are times in which some suffering occurs that is in the life of someone who is really, really good. And that timing seems unfair, doesn't seem like we can handle that loss. And yet scripture tells us that it is better to spend a day in the house of mourning than in the house of feasting, because the wise are there and they take it to heart. Death does sometimes, in the universe we're in, sin, cursed, fallen, remind us of what's important, doesn't it? It can sober us in the sense of recognizing things perhaps that we have become uh, calloused about, or perhaps we have had our priorities skewed. We tend to say at funerals, if this person were here, these are the things they would want you to remember. Or if we're going to honor this person's life, then let's go from this place and live in such and such and such a way. So the idea that a person's death can remind us of such things and can bring to mind what causes us to maybe even change how we live can be one of the ways in which God is at work in this, especially in the life of a believer when we hear testimony of all of God's goodness and the gospel is presented at a place and time such as this and people are gathered that perhaps would not normally be at church, then we can find that we're able to celebrate a bit in that this is not a loss for the fact that God is using this in the lives of people, that God isn't wasting this experience. And again, for the life of those who are believers, we recognize that of course, this is not the end in that way. For those who are in Christ, we'll see one another again, we'll rejoice in that way. And it does seem difficult for us to grasp the idea that someone who is not a believer has now faced death. But the idea here we have to wrestle with is that not any person on earth has a guarantee that they will live this life a longer period than another. We feel it greatly tragic when someone who's very young dies. And yet at no point are any of us guaranteed to be able to live X number of years for X number of days and in any quantity of health, really. As a result of this sense, this false sense of security and how long we should be able to live, we can begin to feel as if it's unjust that we're not living or someone did not live as long as we think 
a person should. We feel it's a tragedy and that it's not right, for instance, that a child should die before parents. It feels awkward, it feels wrong to us, but perhaps what we're really sensing is the simple fact that there is a sense of normalcy about how long and a simple sense of loss because death has occurred in and of itself. 